What is up, everyone? Episode 58 coming at you live. As always, I'm your host, Donovan Hester, with Geezer and Tito. Today, we are bringing you a three-hour-long preview of the Cincinnati Reds, breaking down every position, uh, all the off-season news. There's a ton of them to, to go into, so are you guys pumped up for this or what? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to give the you know all the predictions, projections. Um yeah. I I have been really crunching the numbers over here, looking at all the advanced stats, all the mm. metrics. Um it doesn't look good at first glance, I'm not gonna lie. It, it's uh it could be a long summer. Um just one of those like we're counting down the days till football season. So can't Yeah, wait. I, there's a lot of like the best is like you remember when pitchers and catchers used to mean something? Yeah. But then I look back at like the majority of our lives and it's like for most of those years, it really hasn't meant anything. <laughs> no, it hasn't meant anything good, that's for sure. Yeah, so, uh, no, we're, we're just kidding. We're obviously not going to do that. Uh, talking three hours of Cincinnati Reds baseball, I think, would end up being three dead people uh, on the mic. That We don't want to do that to anyone. Don't, definitely don't want to do it to you. Um, so, today we're going to talk about some college basketball. Things are heating up. Um, I guess we'll, later on heating the show... Heating up we'll, or blowing up, Donovan? Uh, hey, the Wildcats won last night, so we'll get into a little bit of that. We're, we haven't really talked much XU, so we'll be bringing in XU on the back end of the pod. Um, I guess we have to get into a little bit of the UC, another just nightmare performance. Um, wow. Geese, do you want to, anything quick on UC real quick? Just I want your initial reaction. Um. Just bad, bad. Like I mean, I I can't. I mean, even like when, uh, even like the first couple of years in the American, like I feel like anytime they go to Greenville, just weird shit happens. They play like shit. They lose. Um, Roy Williams was there last night. I th- so Roy Williams now I think has gone to two UC games. They've lost both, so that's great. Um, what was the other one? Uh, I think it was the Houston game last year at home. So another just bad game to go to um yeah no uh kind of got to watch it a little bit sporadically um at first like just kind of checking the score with box score everything like that um and then towards the end of the game i was able to kind of put it on um and somewhat watch it and then the last like two minutes i found a place and watched it for the most part um yeah, I mean, up 16 with nine minutes to go, uh, you should close that game out. Um, pretty pretty straightforward. Um, didn't happen. Uh, the the one thing I saw just looking at the box score, it pretty much was a six-man rotation last night. So you have your normal five. Um, since Vic got, got hurt, JD off the bench, and that was pretty much it. So... Yeah. Um, Dan Skilling's only played like 12 minutes, didn't really do much. Um, and that was all that we saw. It was yeah. just the five that we normally see, um, minus Vic. Yeah. I mean, Jeremiah had 16 in the first half, had, um, 16 in the first half. Then he had three points the rest of the way. Landers had 19. David had 15, but they were a collect combined two of 13 from three. So that's typically doesn't bode well for you right um i mean outscored 26 to 6 in the final nine minutes uh, that's pretty much 
I, I, I didn't look at the numbers. I'm pretty sure they got out-rebounded on the offensive glass 19-4, to four, so that's not good. Um, yeah, I mean, this is it, it was just a bad game all around. And considering, like, where we were a week ago and how we talked about it and everything, and yeah. it, doesn't, it, it doesn't help at all for sure. I mean, the message boards and stuff only got progressively worse, which, I mean, that's expected, like, you know. Um, I have also been of the belief that, you know, if these two years are just kind of lost years, it's fine, whatever. I mean, I want West to be successful in the Big 12, and that's kind of really what I care about. Um, So if, you know, if we look back, you know, three years from now or whatever, after, you know, the first three years of the Big 12, if we see them, you know, get better and, and start climbing up in the standings, then I, I don't think anybody's really going to give a shit about what happened on a Wednesday night in Greenville. But, you know, it's the same kind of stuff that everybody kind of keeps harping on, you know, blowing leads on the road, collapsing, not in-game coaching being bad. <laughs> yeah. Once again, like I, I, I had talked to Donnie after the pod last week and kind of tr- and had listened to another podcast talk about the game. And I then told him, I said, I probably sound like an asshole or an idiot with some of the stuff I was saying. But what I was saying, like this person's take on it was horrible. It was like the very polar end of the spectrum where I think, yes, the roster has issues for sure. But there's also the other side of it. Like you have to be able to kind of, you know, figure it out and make it work one way or the other. The two can be the same. Whereas this one person basically said, no, the roster you cannot win with this roster, but they still had, you know, 18 wins. So you clearly can. And you almost beat Houston on the roads. It, it's yeah. just, and, and look, like I'm not, I mean, it, everything kind of looks bad, especially like on the interior, especially, you know, defense, everything like that when you don't have Vic and they don't have a true center after Vic, mm-hmm. like you can't really like interior defense is going to be a problem when your center is six, eight or six, nine. And he's more or less a four, and he's kind of an energizer bunny. He's a poor hey, man's. He's a poor man's Justin Jackson. Basically. Never stopped Kyle Young is all I'm gonna say. Uh, Kyle, whatever. can you remind our listeners who that is? I know who it is, of course. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, Kyle Young, Ohio State legend. I think he was there for about eight years. They never did anything, but he always played the five. Incredibly undersized, like a hockey center. It was awesome. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. he. Missed Speaking like of, like he missed like eight career games due to concussion, which is wild in basketball. So, <laughs> speaking of Ohio State, just just real quick, Tito, why are they so bad? I don't get it. Uh, I don't either, Donnie. Um, okay. I, I think they're like ten and sixteen. Yeah, I didn't see myself uh, questioning why Chris Holtman is still our coach this year, but after the last couple years, it's like oh. That I remember that like that's starting to make a little sense that maybe if he just makes all the mistakes he's made in his career in one year, it could be terrible. And he's doing that. So well, it's, it's crazy to think and tying it back to UC when UC played them earlier this year. It's like, OK, they might not be spectacular, but they're going to be able to just beat you down and they'll be able to win games and probably make the tournament. But now it's like well, they were I, I haven't watched them since they played UC. So I literally don't know what's happening. I mean, to them. I think they were. They were, I'm trying to think, 
I think it might have been early January where they were like still kind of in peak form. They were actually playing really well. And it just, yeah, they the wheels, start. yeah, yeah, the wheels yeah. just kind of spiraled. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to see. Uh, I remember, you know, years ago when the topic um, with Cal Perry started, like who's going to replace Cal? Chris Holtman was a very likely, you know, after he does some stuff at Ohio State get settled there we'll just go in and swoop him now it's like he's gonna lose his job um and then probably go to Notre Dame he yeah yeah, yeah he tried the whole um he tried the whole like let's actually try to recruit at a very high level thing that really didn't pan out then he tried to go the must bus route and build a team with transfers and that worked out for a little bit but turns out that's not sustainable so yeah I mean I don't know I don't really have any Super strong feelings one way or the other at the moment. Probably need to read up a little bit more on what's going on because I really haven't paid attention to him since the wheels fell off. I kind of yeah. saw that there was no it's, stopping that. It's kind of like who you are so, as a person, though. But, you do the same thing with Duke. Once you lost interest a little bit, you just stopped reading. Stopped once I went to college, I haven't <laughs> been a Duke fan since I had enrolled at South Carolina. I don't like. I needed a team when I was in high school, the college basketball team. I. Wasn't really loving on UC and XU was just like, oh, that's cute. But uh, okay. potential uh, NIT rematch. Maybe. Mm. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. I was hoping if Duke would have lost to Notre Dame, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I mean, they, they went down to the wire. I think Notre Dame uh, ended up losing by two. But Coach K back in the house, I thought that would be hysterical if they got upset by notre dame with coach k in the house that would have been fantastic um anyway what were we talking oh you see uh we're horrible we got out rebounded it looks like by 21 rebounds um in greenville by the way there was more people at san antoninus's sixth grade basketball game uh on on saturday than uh in that game i knew once they said that the announcer for ECU, the longtime announcer, I saw Dan Horde's like little message. Once he died this week, I thought, you know, that's not great. You hate to see that. Uh, some bad, some bad juju. I didn't watch a second of this game. He, I, I'm pretty uh, sure on like, that, on that sure topic, he, real quick. Horde's yeah. picture that he put up for that was objectively hilarious to be a, memor- <laughs> a memorial for somebody. He looked like a kid on Christmas posing in I, front of the jumbotron <laughs> with the rest in peace. Low, yeah. you know, graphic behind him. Like, hey, I love you, Dan, but like, maybe we rethink how we're approaching uh, posts like that. Well, I love it. He had the purple tie. He's like, I never wear the opponent's colors, but today's a different day. And he, I love Dan Hort. He That guy could could murder a school bus full of children, and I'd still be like, oh, Dan. Oh no, he's, <laughs> he's the man. He's the man. He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, it just just bad. I mean, there, bad. like, a, you can't. Like if you really like want to talk at length about them, like it's all it all circles back to, you know. Well, my big thing with this game in particular, like like I said, I didn't watch of all the good games going on, that wasn't going to be the one I watched. I saw that they were up by double digits. I yeah. said, "Okay, it's over." And then I got an update that they lost by 5 or 4 or whatever. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" You read the box score, it's not like ECU shot like unreal um lights out it's like we shot better just as good as them we didn't do the typical thing i thought well maybe we just down the last seven minutes we just shot a bunch of threes like we did the last couple games we've blown leads 
we only took 21 threes in the game. Um, Davenport actually looks like he played really well, 19 on six of nine shooting. So it's like, what happened? Obviously, we got bullied down low without Vic. Yeah, but, I mean, 19 you know, to four on the offensive glass is going to be that's a problem. shocking. Yeah, right. And I think um, just from kind of like trying to get a recap on it, just from like listening to other stuff about the game, it, it felt like it was game just kind of went back and forth. No team could really get a stop. Um, everybody was just trading back buckets. And then, well, you I see, mean, ECU at some point had to have gotten stops. No, if you were going to let me finish, you <laughs> see started to miss shots, I think around like the, I mean, three minute mark. And then I, I don't, I don't think they scored a, I don't think they had a field goal the last maybe two thirty. I think it was, mm. if I had seen it correctly, maybe the old Virginia playbook works great when you only yeah. give up 50, but right. yeah, it, not it, with this defense. Yeah. The defense just has been poor since Vic got hurt. Um, I mean, they just don't have a, they don't have a center without Vic. Right. And it's just, I don't it's know. Tough. I don't, it's Yeah. It's I don't tough. even know. Yeah. And I was I mean, watching, I was watching, um, let's see, who was it? I was a Texas fan for 24 hours. So I was watching Texas and Texas tech Tuesday night and Texas tech. Obviously they've underperformed. They've been injured this year. They're still at the bottom of the big 12. And thinking about, you see just going into like the bottom, whether it's Oklahoma, Texas Tech, whatever, you see would get fucking smoked against these teams, especially yeah. on the road. Like, yeah, he. Wow. I mean, this team hasn't played well on the road I, I, the last two Ever. years. I mean, you can't so, win in front of 5,000 people in, in, you know, Greenville. Imagine going down to Lubbock with all this crazy, oh, my God. Yeah. We need so much they, to happen. Before yeah, we they, can, they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, like Wes and his staff have a ton of work to do in figuring out the roster after this year, for sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. it doesn't, and I'm not, I'm not like making an excuse here, but literally, like when you look at the three players on the team that are maybe not, maybe not Vic. I think Vic's gotten better defensively over the course of the year, but your two best defenders have played if what feels like three games because Newman's been out all year and Rob got Tennessee, hurt and then, yeah. and then Rob got hurt again. Like yeah. it's tough now. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's, that's a, that's a very shitty hand to be dealt with. I mean, they, they don't have necessarily the length to play, you know, zone. It, it's just, it's just, all around meh they're a disaster and i mean I'm, i won't say much more because i don't have much credibility i didn't watch a dribble of this game so i can't really say anything um i will say you know when you talk about the injury stuff and i was kind of i had a point to talk about later with like a team like arkansas and maybe even texas tech i guess because uh, they're kind of making on i think texas tech is their last three wins have been top 10 teams so now they're kind of like if they went out they could be on the bubble um but lenardi was talking about yesterday like how much it factors in on injury and you know when you have a, a quality player a couple quality players in and out um obviously that's going to matter but he also said like you have to prove depending on the situation that you have a pulse the team has a pulse and you have to play through 
even though you might be losing and you're clearly missing him, you could see, okay, if this player was playing, they would be a completely different team or they would win this game. Kind of like Which, that. I don't. Is that the case? With UC, that's what the question I was going to propose, you know, to you, Gies. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so, but I'm I mean, curious to what you're going to say. <laughs> I think all things considered, and granted, it's probably not great, but, and I'm not saying like John Newman is this end-all, be-all defensive player. I'm not. Right, right. Um, but, you know, he is your best perimeter defender. And then Rob is, you know, Rob was brought in specifically for the ability to play defense on your best guard. And at least the last two losses, I think if you have Vic on the floor, I don't think you lose those games. I don't think you have like Vic's that when you have an actual interior presence on both the offensive side of the floor and the defensive side of the floor, you can mitigate some of the other disasters, which I think they have for the most part in conference, at least. Um, now, granted, that doesn't mean, I mean, they've had bet. I mean, lost the temple. Um, I mean, they, I mean, obviously Houston, Memphis, all that stuff. It's, it, I don't think it drastically changes where this team is sitting at. Um, but I, I do feel like some of the, the noise that has surrounded the team i.e. the fans bitching at West, the X's and O's, all that stuff. I don't know if that's as loud. I, yeah. I do think there would still be some criticism there for sure. But, like, I do think, you know, it wouldn't be – I think it wouldn't feel as big as it does right now. Because I think that's what it is. Like, I, I really do think, like, that's, that's the thing that is kind of killing him right now is because you lose that depth. I mean, I'm pretty sure Newman Newman probably would have started this year. Um, obviously, Rob wasn't going to start that in in whatever, but I do think it not. I think it changes the ceiling of the team a little bit, and also the floor at the same. Like when if this team goes through spells like without Vic on the floor, like without him being able to play, makes sense. Yeah. Like I mean, Odie in the three games, like I mean, Odie's played great in two of the three. You know, like, but, right. but that doesn't mean to have him it, rely, it, like, yeah. to be the center. Yeah. Can. Like that you can't, yeah, you can't have that. And I think it's, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, but like at the same time, like you, injuries happen in sports. It's a, like, you have to be able to find a way to navigate it. And I think they have to an extent, but then at the same time, like they also, you know, it bites them in the ass. And I think things that they, yeah, yeah. One I step forward, two. One step forward, two steps, ba- two steps back with this team. I, at least, at like, least this team. Like, and no, and I sure. and I get like, you know, I mean, he had a whole year to build a team, and I, I do think some of the guys that he brought in were, you know, smart pieces to bring in. Like, I mean, if the, if if this team doesn't have Landers Nolly, this team is even worse. Like, if David doesn't come back, this team is even worse. So That's like, it, 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 oh god, yeah. Um, and I, I think that's why there is this, you know. Next year could be even worse if Landers doesn't come back. Like next year could be a disaster. Like a like they could just be straight up all freshmen and then like Vic. It could be. It's like Louisville. 
Ye- like that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that'll happen, by the way. I yeah, I don't think it will but, either. But I I do think like there is. Yeah, I don't see them being, you know, like a one-win team in conference and just losing every non-conference game because I don't think they're that bad. But I do think conference play next year is going to be an absolute bloodbath for them. If they don't find a way to bring in, whether it's retain a guy like Landers for another year or even bringing in an impact transfer from the transfer portal, something. And especially needing a legitimate center or you know a legitimate four next to Vic that can play center when Vic's not on the floor like those are the two glaring and I think there are guys on this roster that need to transfer but I mean that's a topic for another day too but yeah I mean long, long story short yes injuries they matter but like you can't every time you lose you can't hang your hat on that yeah I think real quick and we're done talking Cincy um like I look at it from the Kentucky aspect, I don't use injuries unless it's a special circumstance. Um, like Calipari's teams are so different because he has so much talent he brings in every year. Like you are not going to use CJ Frederick's injured. Like with him, we're a different team. Like get that shit out of my face. Like we're supposed to have guys off the bench that you can bring in. Cincinnati's completely different, obviously. And yeah. um, I mean, they so played most I, of the year without Robin and Newman. So like those right, injuries right. are, are, are sure. whatever. But I do think like the Vic injury for the last three games, I, I do think the team is drastically different without him. Well, for it's sure. it's the worst time to have injuries, too. When you bring in a new coach, you're obviously going to be thinner than you otherwise would be. So, um, you know, even in year two, you're not he's not going to have a full bench that, you know, he feels like he can play with, um, especially it, it, it's, with how things have shaken out there. Yeah, it's, it's it looks it's like not, we had a Jared Hensley sighting for one minute last night. Though, um, well, and it's crazy because it, it's crazy because he played very well on Saturday against uh, South Florida. Like he mm-hmm. like I was talking to I was talking to Singler. I was like, I honestly would rather him be back next year than Davenport because at least like he, you know, he hustles, yeah, plays I, defense yeah. like yeah, and is a little bit bigger. Now, granted, like he doesn't really do much for you offensively, but like when you think about like the, you know, just, I mean, that's always been Davenport's, you know, thorn in the side is he just can't play defense. Yeah. Like whenever there's a defensive breakdown, you can kind of, you rewind the tape, you can kind of figure out where it happened. And typically pretty easily. Yep. Yeah. So he's a, he's a walking train wreck. Um, so should we go, a little bit on the uh, brighter news um, in the city of Cincinnati. Should we go to talk some Xavier hoops? Should we do that guys? Absolutely. I think we kick it to our interview guest, uh, Mr. Dave Heisel for a little preview of the game that already happened. We, this was recorded before um, last night's game as we sit here on Thursday. Um, So we'll get to hear Dave's take and then we'll uh, pick it back up on the other side. And we have a tailgates and heartbreak special here. I'm with David Heisel. Dave, how are you doing today? Good, Donovan. How are you? Oh, it's it's a treat, uh, a privilege, really, to be here talking <laughs> with you. Uh, we've been wanting to talk about Xavier basketball for a while. Uh, obviously, me, Geezer, and Tito aren't the experts like you uh, in all <laughs> things Musketeers. So really appreciate you hopping on. We're going to talk some uh, some Muskies and some Big East basketball. 
Yeah, would love to. All right, let's start off. We're recording this Wednesday, so Xavier obviously has a huge game tonight that yep. we'll be talking about later in the podcast. Uh, matchup with Marquette, the winner basically takes over first place in the Big East. Am I right? Yeah, and I mean, winner basically with both schedules probably wins Big East title, yeah. um, given Creighton and Providence are kind of on the back end and they have a little bit of a tougher schedule. So pretty much I feel like this is the chance to win it tonight because I don't see Marquette having a a collapse right. with the teams that have left to play. So, yeah, massive game. Massive game. I think Xavier is, what are they, five-and-a-half-point dogs tonight yeah. up there? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough because, obviously, I, I didn't watch the game previously. I think it was on – was it the Bengals playoff game they played on that Sunday? I Yeah, I think it was because I remember watching it beforehand. Um, it was one of the games, like almost every game they've had this year, where they jump out early and look fantastic and kind of piss the lead away. Um, yeah. But then have gotten really lucky in the final – stretch of things um closing it out so they i don't know they definitely should have won the game and they did win but you know they haven't made a lot of wins easy this year it's kind of been the theme um right. but they end up winning in the end so um credit credit to them but yeah I'm, a, I'm definitely nervous um anytime you go on the road in the big east it seems like you can you can get upset this year um i mean having two losses to DePaul and Butler on the road yeah. is, is proven that. And it's just two gross losses that should be there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, going to the, the 11th team in the country when Shaka smarts over there is, is never fun. Right. And they've been kind of a huge surprise this year. I think most people consider them to be kind of a bottom feeder uh, going into mm-hmm. the season. Um, obviously last year, weren't they, did they win a uh, tournament game last year gosh i can't even remember i can't remember um, i know they were like a young team and they kind of surprised people last year this year i think they're all sophomores um yeah pretty much so you know shock has done a great job there and they kind of did stuff that wasn't very typical like a lot of other teams hit the transfer portal really hard um he basically said you know fuck that we're <laughs> just going with our guys and they got picked to finish, you know, close to last and they're kind of shocking the world now. Uh, I like what, what's your opinion on Shaka smart? Cause I like the guy. Um, I think Marquette's kind of a fun team, especially this year, but just in general, uh, what, what's your opinion on Shaka smart? I, I mean, obviously the VCU run he had, it's tough to hate him and what he did right. there. Um, and then got a little over in over his head at Texas and the whole hair plug thing just, for some reason, it irks me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in it, it's good to have him in the in the conference. I mean, I'll take really anyone, um, except for Dan Hurley at this point. Yeah. Um, I, so I mean, they've never been like like you could you could say like UConn and even Creighton and Butler. Like I've I kind of have like an ill will like hatred towards. Um, whether it's coaching or just players we've played against, but like Marquette's kind of just like never been that way. Right. Um, so like, I, you know, they're always just kind of hanging around, haven't been like, you know, 
nothing like crazy usually happens against them. Um, so I don't know if I really have a strong hatred towards Shaka. Um, I do like, like you said, I I respect how he attacked the season and kind of was just yeah. like, I know we got some ballers. I can't remember that their lefty point guard's name, little the little white kid. I think he took us for almost thirty last game. Um, but he's I I actually love watching that kid play. Super crafty, can pass, can shoot. Um, so I I do like their team. Um, they, they're kind of, them and Xavier, I feel like are a little similar, just athletes. Um, mm-hmm. basically we're not going to play defense. We're going to try to outscore you type yeah. team, um, yeah. which always makes for the Marquette Xavier game a lot of fun. Um, so I always kind of look forward to these games. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. To, to circle back, probably, probably like him more than dislike him um, at this point. When you guys got, you know, your Dan, your Dan Hurley's and your Thad Mata's in the conference, uh, Shock is like a saint. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say everyone seems, and even I, I don't, by all accounts, Greg McDermott's a great guy, but I, I, I don't, I hate Creighton. I always have hate. Creighton. <laughs> yeah. So he, he falls under that bucket. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the Creighton game last night? Yes, I did. That was spectacular, and I feel like that's been like a microcosm of the Big East all season. It's like. Yeah. Double overtime finish, back and forth, just teams trading blows. It was so fun to watch. It's crazy, yeah. And it's like, I think it's those really top kind of four-ish teams. I mean, UConn's down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're at six in the Big East right now. But like those top four, like Marquette, Xavier, Providence, Creighton, like all, whenever those four play each other, like it's just been it's a punch. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. It's been so much fun to watch. Um, made for some really good basketball, and it's fun not to have um, Villanova just go 18 and 0 in the conference, like like it has been the past five years. So um, it's fun to have that that kind of top spot up for grabs, and really four or five, six teams kind of fighting for it. Yeah, like you said, it's a completely change of pace from what we're usually seeing. Uh, Jay Wright's teams, you know just killing everybody but i think Mm -hmm. the big east while it's probably like top heavy not the best conference overall i think it's without a doubt the funnest conference this year i think that that top you know four or five teams are just so fun to watch you got to tune in every time they're playing each other um i guess you know for the big east tournament coming up in a couple weeks um who right now if you had to say pick one team to win it who would you pick and why Oh, that's tough. Uh, I honestly would say probably Creighton. I think Creighton's the best team in the Big East. Um, just had like a weird little mid-season just yeah. like drop. We were going to drop six games. Um, I think Kalkbrenner was out for like a good amount. And if you mm-hmm. ever watch Creighton play, he's yeah. that team goes where they where he goes. Such a difference maker, yeah, absolutely. It, it's crazy. Like you, you, you change – Teams change around their whole offense when you see that, you know, seven footer who can actually jump, you know, in the paint. Um, so I would I would say Creighton. They're playing really good basketball right now as well. Um, I, I I would want to say Xavier, but the the Zach Fremantle loss is so big and it's already shown. Um, I mean, he was playing first team caliber ball before he got hurt. Um, he was our second league scorer, so right. losing him um, has obviously shown that. You know, it, it, and it's, it sucks because a player I have, I've only 180'd on a player, I think, 
once in my life, and that is Jerome Hunter. Like, last year, I was calling for this guy's head. Like, yeah. I truly despised him. And I think a lot of thing, a lot of it had to do with coaching, and Steele just let him shoot threes. And this year, completely changed his game to what he's good at. You could tell Miller sat him down and said, we're not doing the shit this year. We are, you yeah. know, go, go to what you're good at. And he's been... He's been such a good sixth, seventh man off the bench before Fremantle got hurt, putting in really good minutes, blocking shots, shooting at a high percentage, just playing really good, you know, um, complimentary basketball off the bench. But him in a starting role playing 30 minutes instead of 15, it it just shows that that's what his role was and it shouldn't be, be extended any further. Um, so that that has been tough. Um yeah, and for I sure. think, it, and I think that it's kind of still up in the air whether Hill, Fremantle will come back, be himself, surgery, whatnot. Because I'm pretty sure it's the same foot he broke last year. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, that that makes me weary. But um, uh, you know, you, you can have some. It's time for the the guards to step up a little bit and Nanji to maybe get get some more of his own, but. Um, there, it wouldn't surprise me if Xavier made it to the finals or or won because that's just how big of a crapshoot. I mean, that tournament's going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, it's going to be electric. You're going to have um, round one and two matchups that you wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the year just based off how UConn's dropped some games. And, you know, Villanova's still Villanova. Like, they still got players. Justin Moore's back, you know, for a couple for a couple games now, and he looks like he's he's kind of getting into things. and. St. John and Butler can be a little scrappy too. Um, so it's going to be a, a fun turn. I do predict some upsets happening there, but um, yeah, I mean, we're getting to it. It's already February 15th. The, the madness is, is almost here. Right around the corner, dude. I'm so excited. And like you said, the Big East tournament is for sure going to be the funnest uh, to watch and tune into. Uh, you talked about the Fremantle injury. What about Sule Boom? I know he hasn't been practicing this week. Is he good to go tonight? He he was cleared active as of this afternoon via Rothstein tweet. That's that's um, pretty good. Uh, that's a good resource there. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, I obviously don't love him being any sort of injured. He's been a spark plug. I mean, he leads the team in points. He leads the team in minutes. He leads the team in assists. Like he yeah. is. He's our guy this year. I haven't. Probably the second most impactful transfer in Xavier history behind Jordan Crawford for a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nunji's up there, but he's played two years now, and he wasn't doing this last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to come, I mean, Crawford was ridiculous. He came in and averaged like 25 points his, the year he played. He was just on another level playing right. in the 8-10. But, yeah, I mean, he's – gosh, he's been awesome this year. Um, and hopefully that ankle's – not going to wear him down tonight because if that's the case, we, we, we don't stand a chance without him running right. the show in his 30, 35 minutes a game. Right. And I know he was, he was like limping around during the Butler game, but he still played like 32 minutes or something crazy. So it's like, Oh yeah, he is, he is old biggie gritty. Um, doesn't let, you know, a ton bother him. Um, just finds a way to get a shot and he's just, at the end of the games, like he, I don't know if you ever remember watching two Holloway for Xavier. Yeah, uh, I, I do remember. 
I mean, that that dude iced some games, and that's kind of what he reminds me of at the end of the game. Um, I'm going to pull up, and it's not like I'm going to do one thing. Like, he's going to be the guy that hits the three. He's taking it to the bucket, getting hard, hard layups, hard and ones, pulling up from the, the free throw line, and he'll, and he'll hit the three. He's just making the, the play at the end of the games, and he shoots 88% from the line. Right. He's like, give me the ball when the game's on the line, and, and I'm going to try to – you know, help us to get to win. And I think that's, he's been the reason why, I mean, we have pissed away a lot of leads, but the games we won at the end of it were really because of him. And he's like, all right, it's, it's, we used to call it two time because that's when two would start to do it. Take now, over, it's just, yeah. now it's been Sule and it's been so much fun to watch. Um, he's been awesome. So yeah, we we really need him tonight, or we are in big trouble. Yeah, for sure, and that'll be something to 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 watch moving forward with this team tonight and just the rest of the season. Um, one of the things, like falling back on the the Sule boom, I think like you guys probably thought he could be decent, but there's no way you thought he was going to be this good, right? And I think that's a good oh yeah kind of you know you can look at it. It's symbolic of this whole Xavier team in general. Like, I think you guys knew you were going to be pretty good, you know, Sean Miller coming back. But did you have any idea, like, were your pre preseason expectations anywhere near, like, you guys ended up being this good? Oh, no. Um, it, no, not at all. Like, I, the, the Sule, I mean, he averaged 18 at UTEP, but you're like, come from UTEP to the you, beach. Right. Like, how, how much does that even translate? I've seen plenty of Xavier transfers average a bunch of points in some lower tier divisions and come here and not do so much. Um, I'm, I got two of them on my Kentucky team this year. So yeah, and <laughs> it, it grosses you out. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I maybe was, I didn't think this good, but I really, I mean, I was so pro get Travis out of here. Like which I've never in my lifetime have had with the Xavier coach. It's always been they've been right. so good they've left. It's mm-hmm. never been they left because they were doing so bad. Um, so it was – but, I mean, you could see it. Like, this guy ain't it. And then when it was Miller, I knew um, he would at least change the direction of the program but not not be competing for a Big East title in his first year. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you think – God, if he was here last year, this is essentially the same team. Um, you know, this is probably a tournament team last year uh, if Sean Miller coaches them. Um, no doubt in my mind. And this year, you know, they're fighting to be probably a, a, a top three to five seed, depending yeah. on how things shake out. Um, they probably won't crack one or two, but, like, I can see them being that being in that kind of range if, if all things start to go well. So yeah, um, I think right yeah. now the Lenardi's bracketology from today or yesterday, I think they were a four seed. Yeah. Um, so I think them Creighton, I think Marquette is a two or a three, but you mm-hmm. can see a lot of moving around shifting uh, depending on how the last two weeks go. I will say, you know, we talked about Fremantle being out, uh, Sule boom kind of limping around. What's your biggest fear with this Xavier team? Not only the final couple weeks of the season, but just in tournament time in general. Like, I hate to put it in your mind, but like if this team's going to get upset, they, you know, their first game. Yeah. What's your 
like what's going to go wrong? What's going to happen for that to to happen? They they're not going to typically not score. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not the nature of this team. I mean, you've had your few games here and there where you just have your off nights. I don't I don't see that being the reason they lose. It's more so of when are we gonna are we gonna play to our potential that we know how to play? Because the DePaul Butler games, we should have smoked both. It was so much better than each of them. Mm-hmm. It's very lackadaisical, and it's it honestly falls on the defense, which has just been so bad. It's the met and the, it's the fun part of the team, and it's the team the part that could get you knocked out of the tournament. Right, where we're gonna try to outscore you and just hope that you're not shooting as good as we are. And if that kind of reverses, then you know, I like if they're a four seed, I I watch so many stupid college basketball games this time of year because nothing else is on. And the, the, I have become infatuated with this Furman team in the Southern Conference. And like, they would be a 14 seat. Like, I could see that team giving us the business because they are going to sit down and play defense and they're just going to grind us. So it's kind of like a team like that where they are going to kind of grind you out um, yeah. and make you and, and slow you down and not run and gun as much. Um, and that comes with. You know, when we slow down, we tend to turn the ball over a little more because I think this team really wants to get out and run and move. And when you have to slow down and think a little more, I think we get a little shaky, want to run quicker offense and move it through faster than they should be. And that's when a lot of the turnovers pile up. So it it would be a, a team like that that would just – you know, want to slow the game down. I'm sure teams know that too, but that would that would scare me. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, if you get in a rock fight, I, I definitely can can see you guys going down. But like you said, the fun part of this team, if if your offense is rolling like it normally is, one of the most efficient offenses in the in the country, like you can take down a bunch of teams too. So yeah, it's it's a double edged sword, and it'll be fun to watch. Um, you kind of talked about watching a lot of different college basketball. Who's your you know, of the the teams at the top, you got your Bamas, Virginias, uh, Purdue's. Who's the favorite team out of maybe the top ten that you could see winning it all? And then after you talk about that, who's like a dark horse that you feel like maybe not even ranked right now that you could see making a run and possibly doing it? Yeah, um, I mean, I think no doubt I can see a Kansas repeat. Um, yeah. I, as much as I hate to say it, like yeah. that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. It is, yeah, it is tough to not see them at least winning their bracket, making the Final Four. Just with, I mean, it's, it, and by all means, I do not think they're the they're the best team. I really don't know if there's the best team. I think this is going to be one of the most fun tournaments we've had in a very long time because I, I think it's going to be a crapshoot. Like I think you are going to have maybe one or two one seeds lose that eight, nine matchup round two, depending on who they play, because I think it is very, there is no one head over heels. Um, and it's God, it's tough to, to not like Purdue. Um, yeah. just Zach, Zach Eady is unbelievable. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's fun to watch for them. Um, but gosh, when they're, when he's, Who'd they lose to the other night? 
Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. They just started doubling him. And I, I mean, I watched that last three minutes. I don't know if they got a shot up. They, they had six turnovers. It was like Northwestern just completely shut them down. Um, which, you know, can happen what, in a tournament game like that. Right. But you think as like Purdue, you're the number one seed, like you'd be expecting people to double Edie at the end of the game, like mm. in a close <laughs> game. And they have the guard play to, I feel like, work around that. It was just kind of like they were not expecting it. So I thought that was kind of weird. But but no doubt, I think Edie's been the best player all year in college basketball. And I mean, when you got a guy that big, um, as scary as he is, you know, <laughs> you know, physically and just his face, um, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. Um, I feel like Alabama when they're on, I mean, they are smoking everyone. I think mm-hmm. I read a stat from, I think it was Aaron Torres a couple days ago. It was like, they're beating teams like, you know, the Kentucky 38 and one team who was killing everyone. They're beating teams by like five more points a game than that Kentucky team. Yeah. That's so it's like, when they're on, they're on. Miller is one of the best, the best players in the league. Yeah. But they're so scary, and I feel like they are so able to be upset early because they rely so much on the three. And if they have a bad yeah. game, they're screwed. Um. But you know, and I hate Alabama too. I would love them to get upset. Oh my god, it'd be awesome. And one one team I do want to shoot out there who. Started really good, had a weird little spurt, but it seemed to found it again. Who I like is the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah. I've watched their last two or three games, um, and I think they're like like eight and one in their last nine. Um, spunky bunch. They, they seem- are, dude. They started off the season so good, and you're like, oh, Indiana's back. And they kind of like um, Creighton. They went through this little period where it was like. Mm-hmm. Tripped up, lost some games, and now they 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 beat Purdue. Um, who they beat was it Michigan? Yeah, they came. They went. They beat Rutgers, and they went to Michigan and beat Michigan um, by like a point or something. Yeah, like yeah. at the end of the it was a close one at the end of the game, but <laughs> yeah, like you said, very Creighton like, um, which yeah. is scary when those teams who fall off kind of find it again. You're like, oh crap, this is why. They're very good. With right. I mean, one of the best players in the league with Jackson Davis. Davis so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. There, there would be depending on you know where they they fall. Um, I think they could could make a really good run at it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's going to be. Uh, it's, that's why I love um, obviously the conference tournaments, but then. You get after that the selection Sunday, like who's going to fall where. I feel like Indiana could spoil a lot of people uh, this season. Uh, Dave, I appreciate you again jumping on here, talking some hoops. Um, my last thing for you before I let you go, I want a score prediction for tonight. Now, this episode won't be released till the <laughs> end of the week, so everyone will know uh, the score when listening to it. But I just want to hear your kind of your live thoughts, what you think is going to happen, and then we can kind of go back and laugh at you when you're wrong. You're right, because I probably will be wrong because I am going to pick Xavier to win. Okay. Um, Shocker. I'm going to go Xavier 78, Marquette 74. Wow. Down to the wire. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, but Sule Boom's going to hit two free throws at the end up to 
to make it a four-point game. Marquette will miss their shot, and that'll be all she wrote. Isn't that exactly how the last game ended, too? <laughs> Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I, I'm rooting. I don't want to say rooting for you guys, but I'm definitely rooting for a good game. Uh, I feel like it should you, be really good. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. I think Marquette, their fans up there will be rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, should be really interesting. Well, Dave, uh, I appreciate it again for you hopping on here. It's been great talking to you, and maybe we'll have you back on. Uh, Tournament time fires up here right around the corner and see where we're at. See where you your muscles it. are at. Yeah, I, I hope we're talking good things still. Um, you know, maybe you see wins the American. Houston. Why not? <laughs> they played them really, really, really good. They did, dude. Twice, really. Even the first yeah, time they, they played with them. Um, I think UC is... At this point in the year, I know me and Geese kind of we got into it the last podcast. I mean, they're just so frustrating to watch. Um, but then again, they show you these these little glimpses, and it's like, okay, their next big game, like we're gonna finally do it, and the record's like three and nineteen <laughs> against like decent teams. So it's just infuriating. Yeah, um, Kentucky's the same way though. My, I'm just getting screwed at two yeah. ends here. This 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 ain't your year. <laughs> Uh, if you do follow me on Twitter, I have declared that I am a Texas Longhorn fan the rest of I the did, year. So. I didn't see that. Yeah. Talk about another spunky team loses their head coach and dude. Business and I evil. like. I could I forget the name of their head coach, but I really like him too. Like I don't remember his name either. Um, uh, he he just on his demeanor on the sideline and like I don't know I, I like something about him. Yeah. Uh, my first game as a fan though they lost uh, to Texas Tech. <laughs> So I think the Longhorns are, are screwed. I might need to revert. Um, maybe I'll become a Xavier fan, Dave. What would you say about that? You know, um, we will table that ap- application until next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And we may submit, but as of now, we're gonna we're gonna close. You don't, you don't want any of my bad juju, huh? No, no, we do yeah, not. I, I, I do. I don't blame you. I don't yeah. blame you. Well, buddy, it was great talking to you. And uh, you as well. All right, we'll see you. And we're back. Thank you so much to David Heisel for coming on the show to talk some Xavier hoops. We've been saying it. We're going to do it for a while. We've been trying to set that up. So it's always great to have Dave back on. Um, So obviously we recorded the day before the game. Um, Dave was, was very optimistic as he should have been because Xavier, I think going into the game was just as good as Marquette. Um, obviously they fell, they lost, um, 69, nice to 68. Um, overall though, I think Xavier throughout the game was better. They were, I think, winning for the majority of the game, um, down the stretch, um, Sule Boom, who played fantastic, by the way. Uh, let's see what he finished with points wise. Um, 24 points, but he had seven turnovers. Two of them came within the final minute. Xavier was up in the final minute. Um, those points led directly to Marquette points. Um, and then Marquette, Xavier actually t- retook the lead. Marquette got a tip in with 1.6 seconds to go to take the final lead. Um, but overall, it's a big East in a nutshell. It's two guys, two teams going back and forth. Um, it was a rock fight last night, which was one of the things that Dave said he was worried about with the XU team. Like if his biggest concerns moving forward was they're going to be you know, in a, a game that's slowed down, um, physical, uh, Dave was worried about that. So you kind of saw uh, Marquette take advantage of it. Marquette didn't play great last night. They shot 38%, but 22 from three, and they still found a way to win. 
uh, primarily on the boards, 14 uh, offensive rebounds. So another Big East classic. Uh, Geez, what, what's your overall thoughts on Xavier this year and uh, just kind of the Big East? If you got any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, when you land that impact guard like they did, it completely changes your team. Now, they had obviously they had some good pieces there from the previous year mm-hmm. with guys that were already on the roster, but I do think like landing Sully Boom has completely changed. I think maybe I don't know what I don't know what Dave's expectations were to begin the year or any X fan for that matter. Um, I'm pumped to listen. To, I'm, I'm excited to listen to what he thought and what he yeah. said, but. You know, um, I mean, it's a team that, like, if they go on a run in March, I wouldn't be surprised. But then at, on the flip side, I think there's the one thing, like, just from seeing, you know, the local reporters talk about the X Games, like, defense is an issue. And, yeah. it, and you know, if – and, I mean, we saw it the second half of the shootout. Like, if – I mean, UC got on a roll and it, the game – I, I – I didn't get to watch the first half of the game, but I saw the box score. I was like, okay, well, this is another cross town that yeah out the door. I mean, the um, first half and second half were just night and day. Different. Yeah. But that's a Xavier team, I feel like, in yeah. a nutshell that you're saying. So I think that's one of those things where – and I uh, I know Fremantle's hurt. I think they had a couple yep. other guys that didn't play last night. Um, well, yeah, so Fremantle's a big one. You can yeah. look at, like, the, the defense in particular. Like, last night they held Marquette to 69 points. I think that was more on – um, maybe Marquette was just not making the shots they normally did. Xavier was forcing a lot of turnovers and everything. Um, so I think Xavier definitely was up to play Marquette, and their defense was better last night. Um, but man, they they can throw some stinkers in there, and they can't defend yeah. anyone. So yeah, I mean, if this, I mean, if they if they go to the Sweet Sixteen or further, would I be surprised? No, because they have the talent, and you have a guard that can win you games in March down the stretch when you need to. But, uh, like, on the flip side, like, if you can't play defense, like, could I see them getting bounced in the first round, depending on who they match up with? Yeah. And and honestly, you can say that, though, about about any, any team. Yeah. But I do think, like, when, you know, when one of your common themes all year is, you know, you don't want to be in these slow-paced games. You don't want to be in these, you know, defensive match, like, defensive-minded games. Well, then, yeah, like, you're kind of hoping it doesn't get to that come yeah. – come March I mean I think this is just like they're I mean they're having a great year um and you know they're they're like the typical team that overachieved for a good part of the the beginning of the season or at least from the perspectives that I heard going into the year was that you know they they were overachieving and they're kind of hitting that spot where maybe you know we're not who we're not really who we thought we were you know, at the beginning of the year, but at the same time, you know that you still have those, like you still have those pieces. You still have that level of talent. You have the ability to play well. So now it's just about kind of finding a way to put things back together, get healthy and, you know, have a good stretch run down the end of the year. But I don't, um, I mean, I don't know, you bring up expectations. I don't think that, that any XU fan would uh, you know, really, no matter how the season ends, unless it completely blows up, uh, would say that this is a disappointing year. Um, but they just they need to, you know, they need to put things back together. The Big East is a grind that, you know, the fact that Xavier's winning or was leading. I don't know if they still are was no, leading Marquette, that. They were tied. Though. The winner. Yeah. The, okay. the winner of that game took first place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And you I know, I think they were, they had some teams up there with them, but um, you know, I mean, the fact that I think they were able to climb to the top of that league shows how much of a, of a grind that conference is. And you're bound to drop a couple games when you're playing in a league like that. Uh, it's just about getting it, getting it back together at the end of the year. I mean, especially when you have to go on the road too. Like, I think they're one of those teams, like they, like the difference and, between the difference between playing at home and playing on the road for them is significant at times. And their conference schedule, their easier road yeah. games were heavily weighted towards mm-hmm. the beginning of the year. The back half, they were going to have to play some of those tougher road games. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would be cautiously optimistic if everyone gets healthy. I'd be optimistic going into going into the end of the year. Um, I know Fremantle warmed up last night, but there wasn't any question that he was going to play. It was just more of a um, I think they said you know, kind of a step in the rehab. Um, yeah. But it's good to see. No, I mean for sure. in for sure. And, you know, one more thing, too, I think if you're if you are a Xavier fan, though, I think the one thing that is nice about, you know, I think it, you just want to make the tournament most anyways. You know, like that's every team, whoever you root for, that's what you want. But I think this year, especially where there there really isn't that clear cut dominant team, you know, like I think people felt like it was going to be Arizona and there's kind of just been this flipping and flopping and like there are there's no elite team there's no favorite so like that benefit like if you get there and you get hot at the right time like obviously you know you can go on a run and and whatever yeah. so i think that's and, at that point like and plus you know when you're playing a top 15 game on the road it's going to be a nail bite it's going to be a close game so like oh. it's one of those like yes like you want to win as a fan but like if you lose like Okay, like we lost to a top fifteen on the road, like by yeah, one. I don't on a on a tip in. Yeah, I think yeah. You're frustrated for sure because you're up with a minute left and you have two turnovers yeah. and, and basically give Marquette the lead. But they even took retook it with t- under ten seconds left. So like, you can't be too mad at that. I think you got to be really positive uh, as a Xavier fan. I think they all are for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think Xavier's in a good spot. That Big East is a, a blast. Me and Dave talk about it a lot. Uh, that Big East tournament is going to be electric. Uh, electric um all right so that was talking xavier uh for the first time this year we'll go quickly my wildcats so going into mississippi state of kentucky was officially bounced out of the tournament if it would start today mississippi state was the last four in kentucky was the last uh first four out so huge game at the hump uh the place was rocking mississippi state their new coach has them playing awesome out of nowhere. They're the number four team in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Um, and this was a huge game because essentially it's set up where the winner was essentially going to be the last four in, um, and then the loser would be out. So Kentucky, I thought, played well. Uh, you're down, Xavier Wheeler and C.J. Frederick didn't seem to matter, and I thought they, they actually flowed really well. This offense really clicked. Um, I thought Antonio Reeves was the most important player for us last night. He went four, four of seven from three. Um, the big thing I liked that UK did was Mississippi State would answer and the crowd would start to get into it and they'd you know, go on a 5-0 run, whatever. UK would always answer. And it was Reeves early on hitting threes to answer. But then you saw Livingston late. You saw Oscar. You saw Toppin. All of these guys were, were spark plugs to really not let – Mississippi State, you know, the crowd, the last 10 minutes of the game was electric. They were really into it. But 
early in the game, UK's problem has been you get to a slow start and that crowd energy, you can tell the team's nervous. They didn't look like that last night. I don't think Mississippi State's a, a great team. I don't think they'll end up making the tournament, but I think this is a huge game you had to have. And I love that, um, you know, UK still does the the wacky shit at the end of the game where they just are trying to give it away. They're inbounding the ball to their center um, when Mississippi State's clearly trying to send them to the line. You're giving it to Oscar, who's an okay free throw shooter, but when you have two guys that are 80-plus percent, why the hell are they inbounding the ball to the guy that's shooting 60%? It's shocking. Um, some really questionable um, – you know, plays down the stretch, Cal Perry, again, that's been a problem all year. But at the end of the day, you look at it, Kaysom Wallace um, had four points. He shot one of 13, and the Cats still scored, you know, 71 points and just a balanced effort from everyone else. I thought Chris Livingston in particular really showing while you can be, you know, frustrated he's not really there yet this year. Um, next year, if he stays at Kentucky, I think he's going to be a special player. Um, was that but, him yeah. who had the no call on the travel where he took about nine steps in the lane? That was Casey Wallace. And so yeah. thank you for reminding me because the whole game <clears throat> I had to actually, I didn't watch this game live. I watched it late, but I saw all the Mississippi state fans bitching on Twitter about the calls. I was like, a lot of them were, you know, like I could see why they were pissed off, like in the middle of the game, but I was like, why are they going nuts over like some of this? And the crowd was booing all the time. I get it because Rupp's the same way. They're going to boo every call. But I was like, these fans are ridiculous. And then I saw the travel. And I was like, oh, there was a very valid point that we got away with one. And that, I mean, I think we were up two. But, you know, we ended I mean, up going to the line. When there's that many bodies, I, of course it looks bad in slow motion because all those calls look horrible in slow motion. But, I mean, there were a ton of bodies in there. You I'm not shocked that that wasn't called. Like, I don't think yeah. that that was, you know, a blatant error by the refs. I think it was just a missed call, but yeah. And I yeah, think that there was, that was uh, very funny to watch go around social today. Oh, well, Mississippi state feels like, you know, Oh, of course they're going to like Kentucky comes in they get the, you know, the benefit of the doubt. The refs are going to help them win to get in the tournament. Dude, the guy that called the Kentucky game last night, Adams, I think it's Pat Adams. He is notorious for teeing up Cal. He, dude, don't even get me started. Like, it's not like. Well, no, I mean, it's, that's just who Mississippi State is. They're the old guy at the end of the bar that's just always there. Like, he's always there. He's always having a beer, you know, always kind of around. You know, you know, he's going to be at the end of the bar, but, you know, he's, he's not staying there all night. He's not taking anybody home. Like, you know, it's, (laughs) that's who they are. They're, they're just there. Right. I think I do feel bad for Mississippi State because, like I said, that place, when it's rocking, the hump, as they call it, is, I mean, it was loud, 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 loud. So I think they were really geared up for that. I don't hate Mississippi State, so I kind of feel bad to kind of probably torpedo this season. I think they'll probably collapse down down the stretch here. But I'll take a win. We play Tennessee this weekend. Tennessee coming off uh, a victory over number one Alabama. Another game that Tennessee really needed to win after dropping two in a row. Uh, so I'm hoping that Tennessee's going to be riding high interrupt arena and we can kind of catch them off guard. But then again, we did beat them earlier down in Knoxville. So I think they're going to want revenge. So a lot to be looking for uh, 
for the end of the year for Kentucky. But, you know, as I said, they're now last four in. Just got to take a game at a time. I think it could go either way. Uh, I'm not entirely sold that this team is going to make the tournament still. So um, we'll talk to you next time. We'll see where we're at. I could be jumping off a bridge again. So that's that was talking Kentucky. All right. And then before before we wrap up, we do have some uh, football news, which we always love finding any good news here. Um, the last time we had talked, there were there was potential that the Bengals were going to lose both coordinators, Ted coaching jobs. No, sir. Lynn Arumo and Brian Callahan are both coming back next year, as it, uh, along with Dan Pitcher. Um, so the gang's running it back. Um, it does set up an interesting question, I think, that we will probably dive into a little bit in our next interview. Um, but also just leading up to the season, you know, do you go all in when and when I say go all in, I don't mean sell every pick for players, but really focus on winning at all costs this year because it does feel like this is the last year that both coordinators, one cor- we're going to lose one of them or both of them, I think, next um, hiring cycle. But all things considered, though, it is nice that you don't lose any of your coordinators. And I think this level of continuity is kind of incredible, especially for a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago and made it to the AFC Championship game this year. Like you don't you typically don't see teams coordinators like that stay like when when a team has that level of success, which is very interesting. But, hey, we'll take it. It's fine by me. I mean, it, it I, I you know, I, I absolutely agree with that point, Gies, but it is funny to to hear you say that and then it is like you look at the Chiefs I mean Spags and Biennemi have been there the entire time so I don't know maybe there is a little something in the air in the NFL nowadays it's like you know maybe I'm I'm okay you know being a coordinator if you know especially kind of I'm more talking from to the Lou Anarumo uh side of it where it's like you know do I really want to go out and and you know have to you know do it myself and and build all this when you know, I've got a good thing here. He's not, you know, a young gun. So um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that they'll, you know, I do think that both of them are going to continue to have opportunities. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see him stick around. I did. When you said big Bengals news, I thought you were talking about the new uh, newest professional sports team in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Jason Durlo has teamed up with uh, uh, with Burrow. They're founding a volleyball team, I think. It's like yeah. a women's volleyball team. So that was a mad lib in case anyone uh, caught that on Twitter today. Um, but no, uh, coordinators, it's you know, it's always good to have them back. Uh, pushes off that. That's kind of the last thing that I'm waiting to see out of Zach Taylor. And, you know, hopefully it's never a problem he has to address. But it, for, you know, obviously he's a he's a very good coach. To put you in that great category, you have to be able to reload your coaches. I hope he never gets the opportunity to prove it, but, um, you know, kind of puts that uh, puts that issue off for another year. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, it's yeah, it's just one of those things where I think. It was it I was I was concerned that we were going to lose at least one of them, but like at least. On the offensive side, like if they did lose Callahan to it would have been Indy, 
Um, Dan Pitcher probably would have just would have went up from QB coach to OC. But on the defensive side, like I had no idea what they were going to do. Like I like there's not like that in-house guy. I guess the linebackers coach used to be the defense. I uh, used to be a defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. But I, I, I had no idea how that was going to go. And I Lou was the one I didn't want to lose if I had between the two of them. Like if, if Brian went, it's like, OK, like makes sense. It's the young offensive minded guy. That's what the league is trying to find as their next head coach. But for Lou, like for on the loose side, like I. I the turnaround for Lou has been incredible going from two, two and a half, three years ago being the potential. Just listen to episodes one through probably 25 of this show <laughs> to, to tell you how the fan base thought about about old Uncle Lou. Yeah. So like the 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 flip is incredible. And to now being where you, this guy is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league and you don't want him to go is. Pretty remarkable, if you ask me. So, yeah, it coordinators come back. It makes next year very, um, very important with all the looming contract stuff that they have to deal with and, and whatnot. And next year is. Not Super Bowl or bust, but feels pretty close pretty close i i see i'm never going to be a person who'll throw that out there until we're at week like 10 um i wouldn't blame anyone for doing it but it's like you know if if we have the same start we did last year like my expectations are not uh super bowl or bust it's just i don't know i i think the nfl is way too hard of a league to I think that's the equivalent of doing that in college basketball, which I don't think makes any sense um, to say like championship or bust. It's just, what? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just say it in the sense, like, I think, you know, this team is very clearly put together and is constructed and obviously has the pieces to be, you know, considered but, we, a, but we really don't know that yet. Like we don't know what our starting 22 are going to look like at this point. We don't. I mean, if you're just going with the guys that they have on the roster, I, I think you have a pretty good idea that this team is a playoff. I mean, but I mean, yeah. we talked we talked right after the the loss that we, you know, you guys or geez, you you didn't think that that we were going to have the same roster out there, which is fine. I mean, I'm you know, I, I'd be more than happy to go upgrade at certain positions, but I think we need to let free agency shake out before we start looking too far down the road. Sorry, it's just when you have a when you have nine at quarterback, it's hard not to. It's, I, I mean, it's the the run to the Super Bowl in his second year might have ruined that expectation level a little bit, considering what they did with that, you know, with the roster the way it was. And well, absolutely, yeah. at least just the defense. I mean, not the def- the offensive line. That yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I. Other than that, I don't think there's any other Bengals news outside of. The coordinators coming back, Joe Burrow and Jason DeVarulo, professional women's volleyball team in Nebraska. Let's go. Is Burrow still doing the thing for the farmers, too? I th- yeah, I think, he, yeah. Dude, yeah. he's, yeah, he's he's all over the place. Yeah, what a position, yeah. I love well, the, the well, thing. So you volleyball know thing I did not know about, Tito, when you were talking about that. I so had no clue. I actually, <laughs> so I actually think I saw it on Sunday. Okay. It might have been Monday, but I didn't see like the actual like news clipping or whatever. I saw a video of Jason Deluro, 
and Burrow was not there. It was his dad on this private jet, like, I guess, crossing the T's, dotting the I's on the contract or whatever. Like, just absolutely wild to see, like, here's this. Dude, if Jimmy Burrow just, it, it, like, oh, God, that I am I am here to watch the next chapter of his life if that's what it's going to be. Let's, yeah, let's just have him manage all of Burrow's investments and sports teams and get him out on the farm bailing some hay. Like, let me see I think, all this I think, shit. Yeah, I think, yeah, I I mean, they were probably were out in Arizona because I know they a lot of those athletes were at some like fanatics thing or whatever. So, I, I mean, yeah, it was just the video was just funny. Like it has Darulo and then it pans right over and it's just this old guy. And then it's Mr. Burrow. It was just in like they're popping bottles. It, it, it was hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it's good to. Uh, good to see that Bengals news. Only other news I got, boys, before we kind of wrap it up here. Opening day in college baseball tomorrow. Cox got UMass Lowell at home. Let's go. Yeah, the, 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 the baseball pumped. opening day that I think we all care about is college. I am so much looking forward to college baseball over MLB this season. It's not just call fun. me. Just hey, just let me know when Ellie De La Cruz is called up, and then I'll start. <laughs> yeah watching but at the moment like it's i'll gear myself geared up at some point probably in mid-march but right now there's not a a bone a a blood cell in my body that cares about the reds or what we really need and i i think this was 2014 or 15 when we were terrible but we ripped off like we were like 11 and two on our first 13 or something. That's what we really need. Just give oh us a little God. shot of adrenaline to like get over that yeah. hump of baseball season starting. It's not going to end well. That's fine. But once the weather turns, everything's going to be gravy. Nobody's expecting anything out of this team. Just give us a little adrenaline at the beginning of the year. Reds. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a bunch Something. of like reds, reds, Twitter's coming out of like, you know, of hibernation. And so <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of like, this team's going to play with an edge. This team is going to, and it's like maybe in a month guys, I'll be there and I'll agree with you. And it's like, let's make baseball interesting. Like a 162 game season. Like, yeah, let's play with an edge every night. But right now I, I just don't see it. We'll, we'll see though. We'll see. Yeah. Now I, uh, on, on a, or well, yeah, and note, then even I'm, I'm interested to see how the one thing that I really am watching this year, because I think it's coming uh we were 40 percent attendance for the entirety of 2021 or two but like let me see where that number's at because i feel like there may be a uh maybe an offer coming if if that or maybe a well did you see I guess, what uh i don't know what what if they put it I, they're not going to put it up for sale but they'll start taking calls if well, that drops okay i mean you see what you manfred see? said yeah because Phil Cancellini, shocker, put his foot in his mouth at a Reds. The Rosie Reds. Yeah, like, Rosie Reds thing where event. he has this graph that basically says 75% of the teams going into the season are already, like, done. Before the season even starts, I'm like, dude, whoever, Fred, keeps, give, I, whoever keeps giving this guy a microphone needs to just stop. Because he got yeah. dragged by Rosenthal, I think, like a week after in an, in an athletic piece. And then Manfred had to make – like, when Rob Manfred has to make a statement about it. Yeah, C-Trent's doing a good job of, like, 
using the athletic to, and I know Tito is just, his blood is boiling at me um, uh, saying C Trent did anything good, but you know, C Trent was the guy that posed the question to Manfred. No one else is going to do that if C Trent doesn't step up. But I thought Manfred, he's a douchebag. I hate him, but I thought his response and like his reaction was, was pretty funny. It's like, it's not great. Not very helpful. <laughs> like essentially of, of uh, you know, his whole, you know, what he wants baseball to be. Um, yeah. yeah. Good anyway, for yeah. C Trent. He can stand up to Rod Man- Rob Manfred, but he's too scared to use his first name. I love to love to see it. Oh my God. You got him going. I mean, you, you gave him, a, I mean, you gave him a layup there. Like you knew yeah. he was going to, you were going to get him on his soapbox. He, it was, it was very calm. But yeah, we just can't, no. like we can't moving forward. We can't say we have to like every like four episodes. You can drop one Dave Lapham and then one C Trent remark in there. And, and that at, you got to like, wait I was going to say, there's no person on planet Earth besides Tito that doesn't like Dave Lapham or C Trent. I mean, I know C people don't like C Trent, but no one hates them both. It's I, I, I'll I'll I will say this. It's not so much my or it's not so much C. Trent's writing. Like, I do think he's a decent writer. I just I got real tired of. And, you know, pro, uh, I, I don't know. He's just he's he's not good when they bring him in the booth. His oh, I love personality, so like, just rubs me the wrong way online. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He is. A, he's a decent writer, though. He's he's pretty good. Very good at writing. But no, I'm, now me, it. myself, I'm a John Fay guy, but that's just me. John Fay is electric, too. I think C. Trent is so awkward. They bring him on the booth. Like, I look forward to it every game when I am watching him, like, or listening. Oh, my God. Like, everything he says, it's like, oh, I just cringed. That was amazing. <laughs> he's so bad. But now he's a really good writer. And that was talking Reds baseball. And that was it for we'll see you guys next year. <laughs> Which it really wasn't even anything baseball wise. It was just no. owners we talked and, about and beat riders. <laughs> that that's our Reds coverage that we're gonna be dialing up for this year. Can't wait. I am super excited. Mm. Wow. No no uh no live uh no live podcast during a Reds game, that's for sure. I don't think that's coming. We had it in the past. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't even that? know if I can get the games down here. If Bally's is bankrupt. What the hell? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. A, I think it was a Reds Giants game during the day, and it was like the Giants game where they literally got like boat raced, like eighteen to two. It was just terrible. I, we did a live stream. Well, no, it that. wasn't. No, it wasn't a live stream, but we recorded. It, it happened to be when we recorded. It was during uh, like one of those like early games or whatever. Um, I think it was at, I think I said it was a Peacock game or whatever. Like literally, like starts at like 11:30 in the morning or whatever. Yeah, okay, I, the game I, was I, over by. Yeah, the game was over by. I mean, I think they put up like six runs in the first. It's terrible. I, I kind of remember that now. Um, good times. Oh, so much fun! All right, everybody. So that was episode number 58 of Tailgates and Heartbreaks. Um, we will catch you guys sometime next week, most likely. Um, with a special guest for an interview. So be on the lookout for that. And thank you guys for listening. And hopefully the next time we talk college basketball, it's a little bit better, a little bit more positive, but probably not. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week. (laughs) 